before the Lord, where would I be? Is that somebody's testimony? Oh, praise God. Let's have a time of prayer. Father, we come to you right now thanking you for just who you are. Lord, as we come ready to anticipate and to hear your word, Father, I pray let it be all of you and none of me. Preach your word to us, your people, so that we will have a clear understanding how to live our lives for you, to bring you glory and to bring you honor. Lord, I pray may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, because you are our Lord, our rock, and our redeemer. We pray. Amen. You can turn with me to the Old Testament, the book of 2 King. We'll be looking at the second chapter. Old Testament, 2 King, looking at the second chapter. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. If you don't have it, say hold on. If you got to say amen. amen. Let's go. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. Somebody say together. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered. But be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, As surely as the Lord lives, and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Tell somebody, together. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, Did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elisha said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. Somebody say Jordan River. But again... Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So, we see here, 50 men, verse 7, from the group of the prophets, also went and watched from a distance, as Elisha and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elisha folded his cloak together and struck the water, and the river divided, and the two of them went across on dry ground. Jump down to verse 11. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot 
of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them. And Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elijah saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots and the charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, and when he, had, when he had fallen, when he was taken up, then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. Somebody say Jordan River. Where are we at right now? We deal with this, tie, this theme, if you will, going to Jordan alone. We kept on saying together. They were going places together. They crossed the Jordan River together. But then suddenly it says, a chariot came between them and separated them. Y'all see that there? And now he's alone. He crossed. He went from Bethel to Jericho, to Jordan, together. Now he has to go from Jordan to Jericho to Bethel alone. Going to Jordan alone. I know where Jordan is in my life, but I can't tell you where Jordan is in your life. I know where Jordan is here in the text. But again, I can't tell you where Jordan is in the text of your life. Looking at this text, we can see here that Elisha said to Elijah, as long as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. Catch something here. He had allegiance not only to God, but also to Elijah. And the allegiance that he had with Elijah had him connected to wherever Elijah went. And so he was so connected to where Elijah went, he let him lead him wherever he went. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. There might be somebody in your life who you are leaning on. And, and it may not be a bad relationship because Elijah and Elijah had a great relationship. God told Elijah to go find Elisha. When was that? I'm glad you asked. You asked some good questions this morning. In 1 Kings 19 chapter, Elijah was so depressed, uh, he wanted to die. But God let him know, I got some things in charge of here. I'm going to send you to somebody that's going to help you out. And he's going to continue on your work. Go get that old bald man that's an ox farmer and go tell him to come follow you. And so that's where we find Elisha being picked up by Elijah. Elijah placed his mantle on Elisha. Elisha came running after Elijah and says, please let me say goodbye to my parents and I'll come follow you. See, God has already connected them and they have a beautiful relationship. And this relationship is so beautiful that they don't want to go anywhere apart from each other. Elijah tells Elijah that I'm going here, so you stay right here because God's going to take me away. But Elijah, with the responsibility of being Elijah's minister, says, I will go with you. 
So look at your relationship. You might have your spouse. You might have your best friend, your maid of honor, your best man, your frat brother, your sorority sister, your co-worker. Wherever they go, you go. Whatever they do, you do. It might be your church member. They go downtown, you go downtown. Uh, they go out of town, you schedule your vacation with them so you can go out of town. It might be somebody, but what if they left you? Will you still go to those places alone? It's easy for Sam to make it Well, I got my brother with me. Come on, brother. We going downtown. You going to go? All right. It's easy to go to a Cubs game with my brother. We have the same thing in common. So we going to cheer for them Cubs. We going to be excited. But will I go if my brother was not with me? Would I still have that same zeal and desire to face it without him? Some of us have so many people we love that if they left us, we don't want to go on. Some of us have some items that we like so much that if they disappeared, you would not know how to go on. Little side note, if, for real, if you took my TV, I might have some issues. Things that we depend on, we get connected with in our lives. Maybe it's not a TV, but maybe it's that continued fat check you get week after week. That check is gone. Will you go on? Maybe it's that loved one in your life, and they leave on. Can you go on? But we see in this text, Elisha is depending on Elijah. But one way that we can make sure we can face Jordan alone is we have to be willing to break out of our comfort zone. Elisha has been depending on Elijah. It's an easy relationship for Elijah because he doesn't have to make any decisions. Whatever Elijah does, Elisha does. Wherever Elijah goes, Elisha goes. That's an easy relationship. It's so easy, a toy was made after that called my buddy. Wherever I go, he goes, my buddy. My buddy and me. They made a toy about that because why? Everybody wants companionship. Everybody would like somebody just to go with them wherever they go. But Elijah had Elisha who would not only go wherever he went but would minister to him. What? Would serve him. Would see to his needs and encourage him because being a prophet was a lonely job. It's hard to stand up for God against people that don't want to hear you. And so in this process, where are you in your life? You have depended on someone, something, for so long, and it's gone. Can you go on? It, it might have been your best friend. It might have been that job. It, it might have been you was waiting on something that did not come. Can you still go on? Elijah is leaving, and Elisha knows this. But yet he was willing to go on. Some of us know when something's about to be gone in our lives, we're still trying to hold on. But Elisha realized because he was told twice by the sons of the prophets, do you not know your prophet's going to be taken away from you today? I like how the New Living Translation says, of course I know, but be quiet about it. 
You don't know something I don't know. God has already revealed it to me. Elijah has already confirmed it to me. I know this is about to come, but I'm ready to face what God is about to bring me. I got to break out of my comfort zone. I realized that I was only supposed to be under Elijah for just a little while. And then God is going to call me to go further than he went. That went over somebody's head. Let me give this history. Back in 1 Kings 19 chapter. Elijah wanted to get back to them people that had made him feel the way he felt. God let him know, don't worry about it. Elisha will take care of so I know you, Elijah, you want to punish them for disobeying me and let them see the wrath. But don't worry about it. I'll take care of it through my servant, Elisha. You just be faithful to me and I'll call you home. And so Elijah could only take Elisha so far. Elisha had to realize that Elijah could only take him so far. As he's breaking out of his comfort zone, he's taking a journey with his friend. They go to Bethel. They go to Jericho. They go to Jordan. He sees something miraculous at Jordan. Elijah takes off his mantle, rolls it up or folds it up, and hits the river. The text says the Jordan River split from that end to the next end, basically rolling out like a red carpet for them to walk on to the other side. And they both went. Y'all got that there? They both went. And then as they were going so far away, it says the 50 sons of the prophets just stayed at the Jordan because they couldn't go across. Everybody can't go where you go. Everybody's not supposed to do what God has called you to do. Everybody's not meant to see what you're going to see. But you got to go where God sends you. They could only go so far. And look what, how they came up to Elisha. They act like they know some stuff, but they didn't know everything. Because they could only go so far. Tell somebody, so far. But yet, Elisha was able to go all the way. Tell somebody, all the way. And so he went across the river. He gets to the next part. And then when they get across the river, this is the changing point. When you break out of your comfort zone, second, when you break out your comfort zone, you're going to meet a changing point. Because when you break out your comfort zone, you start realizing things start changing around you. Because you're no, no longer around your familiar circumstances. When you break out of your comfort zone, some things become uncomfortable. It's easy for Sam to live in Peoria because I'm comfortable here. But if God told Sam to get up and go over to Jericho, Alone. Sam will say, God, can I get a moment? Because when I'm here, I have my friends. 
I have my family members. I, I have my brothers and sisters in Christ that I already know, that know my name. I know their name. I know their address. I know their telephone number. I can text message them. I can email them. But if I go over to another land where I have no house, no cell phone connection, would I still be able to go? I don't know. Because I'm comfortable here. But yet when I trust God, I got to step out of my comfort zone. Some of us realize that you might be in a job that's comfortable, but yet you have a burden in your heart that just won't settle right because you realize there's some things you need to be doing. There's a book that you need to write. There's, there's a place you need to go. There's a career you need to pursue, but you're comfortable. Imagine if doctors stayed comfortable. A lot of medical miracles happen because doctors stop being comfortable. Heart surgery was taboo. Oh, you don't mess with the heart, the doctor said. But one doctor saw a man in his hospital and realized that I ain't scared. I'm going to break out my comfort zone. And this man healed by doing heart surgery. Now, this one man stepped out of his comfort zone. Now it's common of people doing heart surgery. It's amazing how when you allow God to use you, how you can impact people you don't even know. And so we see here that Elisha had to cross over his Jordan together, but he was not coming back to Jordan together. But he came back alone. My father, my mother could only do Sam so much. But at a moment, at a time, Sam had to go on alone. You might see the same way. Your brothers, your sisters, your spouse, they can only help you so much. But then you got to go somewhere else on your alone. And the thing is this, that we see here, as he's breaking out of his comfort zone and getting to that changing point, I want you to catch this. The person that he's been journeying with, his life has came to an end when his journey just began. Elijah's journey came to an end. And this became Elisha's beginning. Somebody else's ending might be just your beginning. Just because they have to leave you does not mean that's the end of you. If, if they are leaving you, maybe that's an opportunity for you to grow and do much more. Because if they always stayed there, maybe you, you would not know your full potential. In a situation that sometimes you have to change your environment to find out how well you can grow. If you ever go down to a Chiefs game here in Peoria, Illinois, at O'Brien Field, you'll see those palm trees. And they'll grow while it's hot. But when the seasons change, they're gone. Because they're not in their proper environment. And since they're not in their proper environment, they will not grow. And sometimes we try to do things that we should not be doing because we're not in our proper environment. You want to go and tell everybody what you think, but you haven't found out what God has told you what you should do. 
you think just because you feel this way, everybody should feel how you feel, but that may not be what God has said. See, Elijah had to go, and Elijah had to let him go, but Elijah was not quite ready yet because he said, I'm going to stay with you as long as I can. Because what did he say? As long as the Lord lives, you yourself live, I will never leave you. Said it three times. Three times Elijah told him, stay here. Three times he told him, I'm going with you because I know my responsibility. See, Elisha understood his responsibility. See, there's no cloud here. Elisha knew what he was supposed to do. He knew that Elijah was going to go on because he had to continue on. But he realized that I will stay with him till the end. And look what happened here. Elijah asked Elisha, what can I do for you? Y'all see that there in the text? Look, look at verse 9. When, when they came to the other side, it's not till they crossed Jordan. Y'all with me here? It's not till they crossed Jordan, and they crossed Jordan together. Not till they got to the other side. Elijah said to Elijah, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken away? You see, it was not a mystery that he was going to be taken away. They understood this. So Elijah was prepared, was prepared to go, and Elijah was prepared to let him go. But Elijah also had something else in mind. And Elijah replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. Can I stick a pen in there for a moment? Uh, this double portion here does not mean that he's trying to become bigger and greater than Elijah. Y'all work with me here. Y'all say, what are you talking about? Double means more. Uh-huh, I understand what you're saying here. But that's not what he's saying. Y'all familiar with the story about the prodigal son? It was a younger one that came up and asked, give me my inheritance. The younger one only gets one-third. The elder gets two-thirds. Some of those who are mascot, let me help you out. That's double portion. So the elder, the rightful successor, gets double. What does that mean? That means he is anointed and blessed to continue on what his father has started. And so Elijah realized, if I'm going to come after you, I want your blessing to be on me so that everybody who sees me know that I am continuing on your work. Now you're looking at me kind of funny. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Well, look what happens when you cross the Jordan River. They looked, and they saw Elisha's spirit on Elisha. They recognized that, oh, this man got a calling on his life. And they immediately bowed down to him and said, we want to serve you now. And so when you meet, to go to your Jordan alone, you got to get out your comfort zone. You got to recognize the changing point and you got to pick up where it's left off. You have to pick up. The journey's not over. Don't stop there. You got to pick up. You got to keep on trailing. You got to keep on pushing. Look what, 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 what Elisha did. The mantle fell down. He what? Picked it up. Oh, I, 
I, I must be missing somebody here. Everybody not with me? Everybody got their Bible open? I make sure I'm not lying to you. The mantle fell down. What did he do? Yeah, talk to me. Talk to me now. So he picked up where Elijah left off. And cast this, cast this. This is the second time that Elijah touched the mantle. The second time. What does that mean, the second time? What does it mean, the second time? Whatever. It means this, that Elisha waited until it was the right time to put it on. Because sometimes we get so excited when we see something. We want to go ahead and grab it like it's ours. But it's not time yet. And when it's not time yet, it's never done right. Because when it's not done right, it never looks right. So the second time was the right time. And the beautiful thing is that sometimes God got to help us out because we don't always get it right the first time. But Elisha, he got it right. Because the first time he saw the mantle, he put it back on. He said, gave it back to Elijah. said, look here, let me go burn my, my oxen and let me come follow you. And so in this area, we see here that he picked up where Elijah left off. And what I want to grab here is that on, you, on your way to your Jordan, God will give you what you need to continue on. And, and the beautiful thing is this, that yes, you might be alone physically, but you will never be alone spiritually. Because when Elisha picked up that mantle that was folded up. He did the same thing Elijah did. But yet he said something when he did it. He said, where is the Lord of Elijah? <laughs> and then he hit the wall. Now the beautiful thing is this. That he was not crying out in despair. He was not angry with God. But yet he felt alone. His man is gone. He saw God take him away. How the chariots separated him. They were together all this time till now. And then you see how God just spoke to confirm in Elijah. The water parted. And if you, if you want to do a little biblical study, I dare you to look line for line and see how it, this, this verse mirrors the other verse. The same thing happens. The mantle touched the water. The water from one end to the other end split. And at this time it's not together. It's he goes alone. Why? Because he had to go through Jordan alone. Oh, that didn't hit everybody. He had to go to Jordan alone. Elijah couldn't go. Elijah could only take him so far. He had to go the rest of his way on his own. That reminds me when my mom and my dad took Samuel Thomas Duran to Hampton University for pre-college. I, I remember that I, I hugged my baby brother because I didn't know when I was going to see him again. And I tried to hold back my tears because I tried to be a big boy before mom and dad. And, and, and then mom and dad closed the trunk because all the luggage was out. And I moved into my room. And, and, and they got in their car. And the back of the car was facing where I was living. So I had to walk around to the side. I gave my dad a hug because daddy got in the car. I don't know why he got in the car, but I bet if he did not get in, he might not have left. And mama was in the car. And I had to go around and hug mama. And I had my little camera with me. And I 
took pictures of those moments. I still had those pictures, and I look at them. I still have the same emotion, but I remember they had to say goodbye because it took Sam as far as he could go. The rest was up to him. They couldn't do my classes. They couldn't wake me up in the morning no more. They couldn't make Sam say his prayers at night no more. Sam has been trained, and they brought him this far. That was my joy. Sam realized that as I got out of my comfort zone, I, I woke up in a new bedroom. No longer did I smell eggs and bacon. No, no longer did I smell dinner in the evening. I woke up and smelled garbage. <laughs> if you haven't been to a dorm room, you know if you walk out, you won't see roaches and all kinds of stuff because we, we don't always go out to the dumpster right away. And I... It was in my new comfort zone, but yet I remember what they taught me. And I can see Elisha at Jordan says, I saw Elijah do something like this. And then God did something like this. Whoosh. And I remember we walked like this. And he realized that God is with me. Because it was confirmed Elijah told him, if you see me be taken away, it will be unto you. And what I like about that, how that verse is related later, it was after his commitment. It wasn't before his commitment. It was after his commitment. Elijah didn't tell him beforehand, because Elijah told this beforehand. You stay here, I go here. But imagine if Elijah realized to stay with me, he might have stayed for the wrong reason. But Elisha stayed because he did not know how long the journey was going to be. They went from Bethel. That could have been it. Nope, wasn't it? They went to Jericho. That could have been it. Nope, wasn't it? They went to Jordan. That could have been it. Nope, it wasn't it. They crossed Jordan after they just went a little while further. That was it. And catch this. Elisha, Elisha knew that it was today, but he did not know when. But he was faithful until the end. You and your same journey need to be faithful unto the end. As you're changing out your comfort zone, your discipline now will be your discipline later. Your preparation now will be your, for your preparation for tomorrow. So what you're doing right now will impact your tomorrow. So go ahead and live right now so you can live better for tomorrow. Elisha being faithful now was ready to be faithful later on. It took a training and a time of preparation because remember, he touched the mantle twice. The first time he wasn't ready, but the second time. Tell somebody he was ready. And so when that changing point came, he picked up the task, and he went on. And he went to Jordan alone. But when you look at when he went to Jordan alone, I want you to look at this. He was able to cross it alone. Because beforehand, Elijah did all the work. Elijah did all the work. Now, as he is the rightful successor, it is his responsibility to continue the work. And so now, as the prophet 
in this land. Elisha is going on to do the work that God has set before in all the prophets. That's the Old Testament. Can I bring it in to the New Testament? They talked about a prophet named Elijah that was taken up, that he's going to come back again. And during the New Testament time, they was waiting on this Elijah. And he showed up. How did he show up? Looking hairy out in the wilderness. That sounds familiar. Look in 2 Kings first chapter. You see the king recognizing a description of a prophet. Said, so what prophet told you this? Oh, he was hairy out in the... Oh, that's Elijah. He recognized Elijah's appearance. Elijah was a hairy prophet wearing a mantle. But then when we look at our text in the Old Testament again, going back, you see Elisha going down to the 22nd to the 20, I believe, 5th verse. You see that Elisha is bald. Now, I'm bald, but not like Elisha. I shave my head. But Elisha, as a Jew, is not to shave his head. So if he had no hair up there, he had no hair. And so you can see that they did not confuse Elisha with Elijah. Elisha was specifically, physically different. But God had a calling on him. What you saying? I'm saying you are not like everybody else. You are physically different, but God has a calling on your life. You may not look like everybody on TV who tells you how handsome and how beautiful and how attractive they are, but I want you to look in your Bible and God made you, he made you very good. And that's a critique I take over anybody else. When God said I'm very good, then I'm going to do my very good walk and please my very good God. And so I'm going to keep on pushing on. And so Elisha, with his very bald head, had a walk. And his anointing. And he had to continue on. Jesus told his disciples, I got to go on. He said, I can only be here so long. He said, because I have to go. Tell somebody, he said, Jesus had to go. He said, because if I do not go, then you won't receive the Holy Spirit. If I do not go, you won't receive what is destined for you to receive. Elijah, if I did not go, Elisha, you would never be who you're called to be. Oh, that didn't get everybody. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to go, but you'll do greater things than these. Elisha has more miracles recorded than Elijah. We can go on and do greater things because God has set us up. Tell somebody, God has set me up to go to Jordan alone. See, see, he set you up because he knows he has given you everything you need to face it. Jesus says, I got to go, but you won't be alone. He tells him in Matthew, behold, I'll be with you until the ends of the earth. We say it in our benediction. Do we listen to the words now to the one who is able to keep us from falling? And, and, and we get down and says to, to be glory both now and forever, and forevermore. If it's both now and forever, that means he's forever with us, because how can he keep you from falling if he's not with you? 
And so when we look at going to the Jordan alone, we see how God has left his mantle, the Holy Spirit, by us confessing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we can pick up where Jesus left off. Go to the hungry. Go to the poor. Go into the imprisoned. Master, master, why, why, why we getting kicked out? When were you hungry? When were you naked? Uh, Jesus said, when you do to the least of these, you have done unto me. You see, when we allow God to use us and we humble ourselves, it's amazing how we are blessed by just obedience. See, Elisha received his blessing from obedience. Elijah confirmed and said, if you're here, you'll get what you asked for. But it wasn't until he was faithful. It wasn't until he reached his destination. Some of us want our blessing before we get where we're supposed to be. You only want to go half the way, but you want all the way blessing. <laughs> you halfway in, but you want all in. But yet, we are called to break out of our comfort zone. What is your comfort zone right now? Who are you leaning on right now that if they left you, could you go on? What is it that you're depending on right now that if it was gone from you, could you go on? Be, open your eyes up to see the changes that will happen around you. But realize that you might be standing alone physically, but there's a God that's watching over you spiritually. And if you reach to a bank of Jordan that looks uncrossable, you can be just like Elias and say, God, I know you can make a way out of no way. Do you see that in the text? He couldn't cross Jordan on his own, but God made a way. It didn't say Elisha part of the water. It just points out God took care of it. <laughs> and what we're pointing out here that when we let God take us to Jordan, when we let God take us to Jordan, tell your neighbor, let God take you to Jordan. You will see how you have never been alone. And I'm emphasizing this. I'm, almost, I'm, I'm about to leave you alone. Let God take you to Jordan. Through all this journey while he was with Elijah, it was God sending them there. Throughout this journey, the sons of the prophets told him what was happening. It was God that was sending them there. Throughout the time Elijah told him, God has sent me here, it was God sending them there. I want you to catch this, that people will tell you all kinds of things, but make sure you keep your ear open to what God has caused you to do. People will try to tell you where you need to go, but let God show you where you need to go. People will tell you what they think and what you should do, but let God show you the way. So you need to meet your Jordan. And if you have met your Jordan, don't go back across. Because after he crossed Jordan, after he crossed Jordan, he went back to Jericho alone. He went back to Bethel <laughs> alone. But yet, God was with him every step of the way. So this recession you're going through, a depression you may be going through, emotional distress you may be going through,
all kind of things that you had that have been taken away. They cost life circumstances in us. We have money. We have no money. We got a recession. It's amazing when things get taken away from you, how it changes your perspective. But that's why God has confirmed I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you can take the whole world. But long as I got, long as I got, long, long, long as I got, don't need nobody else. And that's where we need to be. So you can say, I'm going to Jordan alone, but as long as I got, <laughs> as long as I got, because as I go to this Jordan, I know I can find rest on the other side. As long as I got Jesus, I can face whatever problems come my way. As long as I have Jesus, people come and tell me things I already know. I can tell them just like Elijah. I know. Be quiet about that. God got it. I'm going to Jordan. Don't worry about me. Do you know where you're going? But I'm on my way. Because God has taken me to a higher place. Sir. You can only take me so far. But God can take me all the way. Catch this. Catch this. Catch this. Because guess what? He's coming back. He's coming back. And he's coming back. Because I can only go so far. He's coming back. So he can take me all the way. All the way. And so, on your journey, are you giving your all so you can receive your all? Are you going all the way so you can see him all the way? You can only go so far on your own. You can only go so far depending on somebody else. But when you let God be your God all the way, you realize that you have never been depending on somebody else. But God had put them there just to get you somewhere else. And God, if he's so see this, he'll put somebody else in your life to take you another place. But the main, the main denominator in the whole equation is that God has always been present. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to Jordan. I'm going to Jordan. Because I know when I go there, I'm not alone. I know when I go there, God has taken me to another place. I know when I go there, I'm going to see some new things I never saw before. I know when I go there. Because after Elisha crossed Jordan, you see so much more about him. But if he did not go to Jordan, if he did not follow that place, he would not have received the double portion. I want you to look in your life right now. You might have been to Jordan once or twice. You might be on your way to another Jordan. I can't speak for your life, but I know my life. I have many more Jordans to come to because God's not done dealing with me yet. But yet I want you to understand that there's one way you can cross, and that's through Jesus. For he's the way, the truth, and the life. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, right now, you realize you can only go so far and that you need Jesus to get you there. He's waiting for you. 
The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't know where you are, but God sees you right where you are. He sees you sitting right here right now. He sees you right now, and he knows what you're going through. Come to him. The Bible says you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he died for your sins and God rose him from the grave. You shall be saved. So if that is you, we want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. Just repeat after me. Just say, dear Lord Jesus. That's right. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the grave on the third day and that you are now seated at the right hand of the Lord. And I ask you, Jesus, I invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Because you died for me, I now live for you. Still, every head bowed, every eyes closed. No one's looking but me. If that's you, raise your hand. If that's you, you pray that prayer for the first time, raise your hand. God sees you. 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 Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you are our ultimate tour guide, that you know every destination that we need to go to, and you will lead us there. Father, we continue to give our lives to you and trusting in you and truly let you be Lord of our lives. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We pray. Amen. May we stand.